block sports, big 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 block sports. Big block sports. We are live. We are back with episode eight. This is episode eight. A. Again, if you're looking for next week's picks, you want to check out the episode right after this one, episode eight. B, if you're looking for week eight picks, this episode is going to be about last week's games. I'm bringing it out a little bit early this week because I have some things going on. So we're actually waiting for Monday night football to come about here. So I'm probably going to miss the beginning of the game, but who cares? Um, and let's get started with the show. It's another great episode. Thank you guys so much for coming back again. This is your first time here on YouTube. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. If you're listening on any of the audio platforms, I just found out we're now on Google podcast, which spreads this, this wonderful show throughout all sorts of other podcast platforms like TuneIn, Spreaker, or Speaker.fm, however it's pronounced. So you can now also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Google Podcasts, whatever platform you're listening to the show on. Again, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming back. Let's get into the show. We finally, finally, we finally popped the bubble on this season, right? You know, after six weeks, the first six weeks, it was this nail biter. After nail biter, I don't think I would have, I would have been able to make it. Um, a lot of these games turned ugly quick. Uh, my picks were also ugly quick. Uh, they were all over the place, and I was wrong a lot. Um, the Panthers, sorry, the Broncos let me down versus the Browns. If you go back and check out Know That Sports, uh, it's my homeboy's podcast that I'm on several times. Um, we actually talked about the Thursday night game prior, and I, I predicted a score of 17 to 14 with the Broncos winning, and it turned out whoop, whoop, flipped around 17-14 for the Browns winning the game. That's just how the rest of the week went. The Panthers the Chiefs, the Ravens, all teams that let me down, the 49ers all let me down. And I know that it happens. You know, you pick games, you win, you lose, but but not like this, right? This, not, this isn't the season I signed up for, right? We had, we had seven teams last week, or yesterday, I should say, put up 30-plus points. The Patriots put up a 50-burger. And some teams didn't even score a touchdown. The Panthers, the Chiefs, the Texans, and the Bears didn't even score a touchdown. They had three points at the most. The Texans also managed to get a safety, however. They did, they did get one of those. So while they didn't get any of the touchdowns going into their end zone, they were able to push them back into their own end zone. Two games that I enjoyed uh, this past weekend, Lions and the Rams. When it was early, I thought the Lions threw everything at the Rams. Onside kick. Uh, two fake punts. They went for it on fourth down almost every time. Um, so I enjoyed really watching that game, uh, even though the Rams won at the end. Wonderful football. I love Dan Campbell and the Lions going for it. 
I also enjoyed watching the Washington football team as they 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 continually battled against the toughest opponent they faced this season. Yes, the referees. <laughs> play after play. Um, you know, the 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 football team would put themselves in position to win. They would outplay the Packers. And just when the Packers were were down and out, here came the refs. That's me throwing a flag if you're watching on YouTube. But here came the refs to save the day uh, for the Packers as usual. Uh, he may not be the answer. I'm talking about uh, Taylor, Tyler Heineke, Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Um, he may not be the answer, um, but he's a gamer, you know, and I, and I love him for that. And that's what that's what happened this past week. Well, I'll say yesterday because today is Monday, um, but that's what happened in these past set of games. And, you know, at this point in the season, there's a there's a lot of rumors floating around. We got the trade deadline coming up. We have a lot of teams, 49ers being one of them, who had a certain level of expectations when this season started. And for lack of a better term, it just, just has it's just fizzled out. You know, into the universe. Um, but again, we're at my favorite part of the show where Every episode, you know, I get the opportunity. The music starts playing, but it's a little different. It's a little different this time. Um, we're 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 all about we're all about the mental health here. We're all about you know self help. Uh, I don't want to say self help, but self care. Um, we're all about that here at Big Block Sports. And you know, I, and I'm more than just your host. You know, for these podcast episodes, I run you through numbers. I share my opinions. Um, but this episode in particular, I'm here for you guys and you guys only because some teams, like I said, including my own, season seems kind of bleak. The rain is thick, the fog impenetrable, the tide is high, but in the end, it'll all be okay. Today, I, Malcolm May, am your big block shaman, your NFL shaman, a healer of frustrated emotions. Here's some positive thoughts for those NFL teams living in a bleak reality. <clears throat> so this goes out to the players. This also goes out to us as fans, right? At the end of the day, win, lose, or draw, these players are living their dreams and they're getting paid for it. Now, we don't incur the physical drain. We don't have to live through the sacrifices that these players had to do day in and day out. Um, but losing affects all of us. It affects me. I spent hours and hours, not just yesterday, but you know, if you if you followed the 49ers for some time, hey, we, we haven't always been the, the, the golden dome, the five-time Super Bowl champion, you know, Tom Sula, Chip Kelly. A uh, couple of those years where we had Gio Carmazzi as the quarterback and JT O'Sullivan and Sean Hill and uh, we had another JT. We've had several JTs. <laughs> um, Dennis Erickson, Drucken Miller. Oh my lord! The original Alex Smith years. Like we have seen our fair share of losses. Um, in San Francisco. And, and, you know, like I said, I've had plenty of time to ponder why, you know, what, why do we feel so strongly when our teams lose? And, and I haven't 
actually been able to put my finger on it just yet. But if you have an idea, again, I look forward to your guys' insights every week. I read all of my comments on YouTube. I definitely check all of my DMs on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you guys hit me up. Um, so I look forward to, you know, what is it? What do you feel when your team loses? What is it that you feel? And why do you think you feel that way? I'm not really quite sure how to describe what I feel. It's, it's just like a cloud and it's just like, uh, I got to listen to all these talking heads for the next week about the stuff they hardly know anything about. Um, but what do you guys think? And now that we've kind of set the stage, let's get into some healing. Let's get in, let's, let's heal together. I'll start at the AFC because, you know, I'm going to go with the AFC and then the NFC when it comes to your NFL shaman. Let me bring you some peace of mind. Again, this is for my teams that are, I guess you would say, under the under the cloud, behind the eight ball, whatever the phrase you want to use for teams that are losing, that are not having the season they expected. I'll start with the Jets and the Dolphins. Just a few kind words to get you through this week and this season. For the Jets, for the Jets, things look bleak, but it's a PCL, not an ACL for Zach Wilson. And the way things are going, you'll have another high pick next year only to continue to build. Stay the course, New York. Miami, at least you know, right? Now you know. I mean, Tua, he might not be it, but here's what's important. You went for it. You saw a guy. You went for it. And I know, I know, I live in Miami. I know exactly how it is year after year. You know, they had Jay Fiedler, Cleo Lemon, uh, Brock Huard. Uh, I want to say Trent Green even had a stop here in Miami. Uh, you know, every year since Marino, you've been trying to find that guy. You haven't found him, but don't worry. He's coming. And the way things are going, You'll be set in the draft. Keep it up. Those top picks are coming your way. For the Chiefs. Hey, Kansas City, welcome back. Yeah, I know you're like, welcome back. Chiefs, come on back. Come on back, Chiefs. I, look, I know, I know since Mahomes started, you guys have been, you know, up on a high horse, and, and, and here we are, right? You know, right back where you began, right? You remember. Oh, 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 you remember early Alex Smith, Trent Green days, Rody Croyle in the crew. Did you guys know that of the top 10 Chiefs quarterbacks in game started? Right. So I take all of the quarterbacks who have started for the Chiefs, all of them that have the most. So I took the top 10. They have the most games started played for the Chiefs. Um, there was a out of those 10, only four of them are above 500. Of course, Mahomes is at the top, and that's what matters, right? We'll just, we'll just call it a Super Bowl hangover. How about that? How about that? Broncos, Steelers, Texans, hey, your quarterback is coming. Two of you have a great history you live up to. Denver, Pittsburgh, hey, this, you're a victim of your own success. That's all it is. It'll come around. Big Ben, he is washed and dried right now. He's somebody about to fold him. Man, dry cleaning done. 
Um, Teddy B, he's good until he's not. And as far as the tech Texans, I mean, hey, this is your history. I mean, as a franchise, you guys have won 44% of your games. Losing is the fiber that brings you guys together. Embrace it and play on, Houston. Play on. Let's keep going down with the AFC. Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville. My fellow Floridians. Now, you know, behind your backs almost, <laughs> Tampa Bay has kind of turned into that like surprise pin, right? They went from the yucks to now the bucks. Like you gotta respect that. Um, they've turned into the pinnacle of the NFL, at least for Florida football. But you guys in Jacksonville, you, you remain true. You didn't let those few years of success with Bortles steer you away. You traded that talent and you stayed true to the culture. And even though there's a new coach, there's a new QB, you guys are and will be always same old Jaguars. Consistency, that brings peace, peace of mind. Hmm, namaste. You feel that? Ooh. AFC, let the healing begin. Heal through me, through my words. Namaste. Let's move on to the NFC. I'll start with the NFC least. NFC East, whichever you want to call it. And I'm talking specifically to the Eagles, the Washingtons, Washington football team or the Washingtons or the Flying W's or whatever your name is this week and the New York football Giants. Come on, guys. We know. You know. Don't don't let Dallas having a good year this year make you guys believe that all of a sudden you're having a down year. Lest I remind you, just last season, the Flying W's won the division seven and nine it is the way of the east to underachieve to be in constant rebuild and to play each other tough forget the rest of the league what happens in the east stays in the east panthers it's okay it's okay it's okay you knew Sam Darnold was a turnover machine, and, that, and, that, and that's his fault. That's his fault for getting you guys excited. Shame on him and Christian McCaffrey for giving you guys hope that this year would be different. It's not fair to you. And I understand. Darnold, Darnold, Dell, home, both start with D. Similar syllable count. I was like, y'all, y'all, y'all rode hard for Del Home, Jake Del Home. Y'all thought Darnold Del Home, you know, like y'all thought, okay. Because we know you didn't really ride with Cam. We know that. That fumble in the Super Bowl, right? Denver whack, whacking him. That was all you guys needed to purge Cam from your guys' memories. Now, with Darnold showing himself, CMC going back to his rightful place on IR. All is well again in Carolina. It's just like the expansion glory days all over again. You guys were fresh-faced, ready to take on a big new league. 
Namaste. Detroit, look how well you lose. Look at it. Watch the film. I mean, sure, other teams are losing, but they aren't losing like you guys. No, you guys have not like you. These other teams try, but we know, we know who the original O and whatever team is, right? It's you guys in Detroit. Don't let golf get you guys off your game. Dan Campbell, temper your expectations. Stop pushing this team to victory. It's not right. It's not right. You guys deserve that number one pick and no one, no fake punts, no onsides, no interceptions, no one will keep you away from that, Detroit. Namaste. Bears. Bears, Chicago Bears. Soon, Nagy will be gone. And you're doing all the right things to get him out. Him and Gase. Gase and him, it's the same difference. Neither are right for you. Neither are right for Fields. Nagy thought Dalton was the answer. Gase thought Trubisky was the answer. Same birds of a different flock. You, the great historic bears of Soldier Field, will live to play on. You will. Maybe Ditka will come back just like Gruden. Although, you know, with reading and, and hearing Ditka talk over the years, he probably clear his inbox and his sent items before he kind of decided. But maybe, maybe, Chicago, maybe. Seahawks. Seahawks, you deserve it. You deserve this. This is what you asked for. Poaching the 49ers roster year after year after year. Chewing that damn gum so hard. What are you doing with that piece of gum, Pete Carroll? Ignoring Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson, and now that he's out, you can all see it. Now you have the clarity and the peace of mind to finally close this chapter and settle in. Carol, just go back to USC. Sport the best. Let the great rebuild begin in the Pacific Northwest. This team is primed and ready to rebuild. You're killing me, bro. Come on, in or out? Come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Go sit down. And finally, 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 my beloved, the source of all my joy, source of all my pain, these last 15 to 20 years. Yes, I became a 49ers fan very long time ago. You see, we're gonna go on a little bit of a story trip here. You see, I'm I was I'm not originally from South Florida. Um, I was what you call an army brat growing up. So when I grew up, I lived in Germany and Austria and Switzerland and Kansas and Tennessee and Kentucky, which is where I was born, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which is an army base. Um, I lived in Germany till I was about eight, eight-ish, nine-ish years old, and. Uh, after that, we moved to my father's hometown, which was where we're at now, lovely Miami, Florida. Now, back in 1987, 88-ish, when we moved from Germany, 
they had these things and they I don't know if they still have them now, but there were these things called blackout restrictions where if not enough people brought tickets to the football game, meaning at the stadium, the live stadium, people, if not, they didn't have enough tickets, they would not show the game on TV, right? So I don't know if that was a way to get people to come to the game or, or whatever the case might be, but if the, the, the team, and I'm referring specifically to the Dolphins, the Dolphins did not sell enough tickets for the stadium, they blacked out the game. They did not show the game on TV. Um, the Dolphins were not popping back then, so you can imagine there was not a lot of Dolphin games on my radar as a young kid. However, what was on TV every Sunday, consistently winning games with class, grace, speed, skill, and precision? One, Joseph Jeffrey, I just made up his middle name, Joe Montana, <laughs> Jerry Rice, and the San Francisco 49ers. And that's how I became a 49er fan. They were just a team when I came here as, I wasn't an immigrant, but when I came here as a free agent, right? Not really having a team, I, I could have, you know, I could have rolled, I roll with, I roll with the Miami Marlins, the baseball team. I enjoyed going to their games as a young teenager and, and, and even as a young adult, I still enjoy going to the, to the Marlin games. I don't think they've been any good because I don't really follow baseball like that, but the 49ers, um, really just caught my attention and I, I never let it go. Um, I, as a young kid, also played a uh, defensive back. So when they signed Dion, that was another, because he was, he went to my other uh, favorite team, I guess you can say, which is Florida State. Um, I'm a Florida State Seminole fan. So when Dion came to the 49ers, it was boop, more like boop, synergy. And then I'm left-handed. And uh, right around the time again, when I was growing up as a, as a young man and I wanted to play sports, again, I played defensive back, but deep down, I really, I really, doesn't everybody really want to be a quarterback? And I happened to be left-handed and, and, and hey, who had a left-handed quarterback that was a great model? Steve Young, and he could run just like me. So that brings you, that brings us back to uh, my team this season, uh, why I'm a fan, sure, um, but I come to you guys, my 49er faithful, my fellow 49ers, uh, with so much peace and joy. It's like overflowing through this podcast. And you're, you're probably like, we just lost four straight. Like, why, why, why are you so positive? I have several items to work to start. To start, here's the first thing. Don't worry. Josh Norman is not a part of our long-term plans. He's not. Neither is Drake Kirkpatrick or Dante Johnson or Trenton Cannon or whichever dude they bring off the street to play DB or kick return or running back or whatever position they got. They are not a part of our team. I mean, they're on the team, but they're not a part of our team, right? Neither is Jimmy, it looks like. Especially after last night's game. It's looking sketch. But we have a core, right? We have Kittle. We have Bosa. We have Warner. We have Elijah Mitchell, who's a great draft pick this season. We have Debo Samuel. We have Trent Williams that we signed long-term. These players, these players are at the heart of our team. 
And if you look in, if you look at their play, if you look at it, they're not the reasons we're losing, right? We're losing because of the Josh Normans and the Drake Kirkpatricks of the world, not because of Bosa. And that, that right there brings me peace. Namaste. To you and yours, stay strong. Look at all those positives. Look at all those great vibes. Ooh, that was a that was a great segment right there. I was really feeling that. I was a, I was a, again after last night's game. I was a little mm, out of sorts, but after kind of walking myself through some of those things that I just walked you guys through, I feel so much better. And you you guys that you know those other teams that I talk about, look at what I told you. Look at all those positive attributes you have, and go forth. Now, let's move on with the show. Let's talk about some winners, right? Enough talk about losers. Let's get that. Let's get that off our out of our system, off our chest, whatever it is. I run through multiple idioms each show. Uh, but let's talk about those end of season awards, you know, that we all bicker and fight over, that we start before the season even starts. Um, so I pulled up some lists. I pulled up some Vegas odds. Um, I've done my own readings. I've watched my own film. Um, and let's talk about those awards. Who's favored to win based on the bets? Do I agree? Do I hate it? And more importantly, who do I think? Who do I think is going to win? So let's start at the top. And I'll work my way all the way down to... MVP of the league. I'll start when I say at the top, I mean at the top. Well, it's not necessarily the top of the organization, but when we talk about awards, I'm talking about the AP coach of the year. Um, So some past winners include Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski of the Browns, Jim Jim Harbaugh. Sorry, it's the 49er me. John Harbaugh of the Ravens. And um, I had to, I had to, Looked this up on several sites when I saw this, but I forgot. Matt Nagy won coach of the year in 2018. That was wild. Um, did you know there was only one coach in the history of the AP poll coach of the year that had a losing record? Do you know who that coach was? Well, I'll tell you the year was 1990. The coach was Jimmy Johnson with a seven and nine record. How about them Cowboys? Um, But right now, the top three are Brandon Staley for the Los Angeles Chargers, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, and Sean McVay with the Rams. This would actually be McVay's second award if he wins. Um, If Cliff or Staley win, they will be first-time winners. Staley, being a first-time head coach, actually has the best odds to win. I think for me, um, he has the edge over Cliff simply because he's doing more with less, right? Um, that's something that all I always look at. The Cardinals have brought in talent after talent, free agent after free agent. They ride Kyler while Staley, for the most part, outside of Herbert, because obviously he's a new player, He's playing with the same Chargers team that sputtered, right? With with 
with Bosa, with Derwin James, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. All of those players were there before Staley got there. And I think one thing, because usually what I do when I really want to tap into coaches, um, and it's it's subtle, you know, this one was very obvious, but when you watch coaches on the podium, they're gonna they're gonna give you the answer, but it's not gonna be like obvious. Like coach speak is a real thing, and you have to know how to translate. Um, but one thing that that Staley, uh, one of his press conferences that I was watching, he was actually asked about the recent Gruden scenario. And a lot of the coaches or a lot of the players were just like, oh, you know, they focused on what Gruden was going through and, you know, um, you know how I'm sure that was embarrassing for him and it's difficult or whatever, whatever. Staley, Brandon Staley, the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, he was probably one of the only ones that talked about the people Gruden affected. And what I really liked was he talked about leadership and not just being a leader, right, of men, but he talked about the responsibility of leadership that a leader has to have. You got to walk the path. You know, you got to, ha- you got to, uh, we, we use this uh, term a lot at work, shadow of a leader. Um, and if those are his day-to-day ideals, I can see why he's at the top and why the team is winning the way that they are. And I, I am 100% on board with Brandon Staley uh, being the uh, favorite for coach of the year. And again, as long as the team continues to excel, uh, he should win coach of the year. Next award is the Comeback Player of the Year. Winners include Alex Smith, Ryan Tannehill, and Alan, Alan Luck. I don't even remember a dude's name no more. He'd been out the league. Andrew Luck. Um, Another fun fact, in 1963, Jim Martin of the Baltimore Colts was the first and only kicker to win this award. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, the only tight end to win Comeback Player of the Year. And Teddy Bruschi, the only linebacker in 2005 ever to win Comeback Player of the Year. The odds-on favorite this season include Dak Prescott at the top, Joe Burrow, and Jameis Winston in that order. We have Derwin James and Nick Bosa rounding out the Nick the, the Nick five, the top five. Um, Dak, I think, before this past weekend, probably has it in the bag. Burrow is coming on very strong. QBs are always a favorite. Um, So I can see why a lot of people select Dak or Burrow. Um, And I know it's a long shot and it might be a little little homerism here, but Osa's having an outstanding year coming back from an ACL surgery. Um, But in the end, I think because Prescott plays for America's team, they continue to win. They continue to win the NFC East. He should have it. He's been playing at a high level since week one. Where I feel like Burrow just kind of came on strong the last few weeks um, with some of the highlight and splash plays that we've seen over the past two or three weeks. Rookie of the year. Now there's, again, all of these are the AP rookie of the year because there's also like the Pepsi Max rookie of the year, something to that effect. So this is the rookie of the year where we have one offensive rookie of the year and one defensive rookie of the year. I'll just kind of put them together. Again, I'm full of fun facts and knowledge. Did you know 
that our defensive coordinator, the 49ers, D'Amico Ryans, was actually the defensive rookie of the year in 2006, and that uh, the previous uh, comeback player of the year that I talked about, Dak Prescott, he's on odds to win that. He was actually rookie of the year in 2016, right? And what a journey he has had. And imagine, imagine his career was almost over before it began because of that pre-draft DUI. It was literally either two days or the day, I want to say it was like a day or two before the draft. Um, but the NFL is full of stories like that. Offensive rookie is easy. Um, if Jamar Chase doesn't win, I'm not sure who else deserves it. On the list of odds favorites, they have obviously Jamar Chase, number one. They have Mac Jones, number two. Justin Fields, number three. I, I want to say, because I didn't write it here. I didn't copy it here. But they had Trey Lance like at the bottom of that list. Um, well, he has the opportunity, Trey Lance, maybe over the next couple of weeks, if he can get get just go nuclear for the next seven games or so, there's a possibility. But um, I'm pretty sure, um, again, uh, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, those two are playing in the NFL as rookies. Jamar Chase is dominating in the NFL as a rookie, and that's that's a very different situation uh defensive rookie of the year again another another one that i feel like is kind of already in the bag micah parsons for the dallas cowboys is the odds on favorite along with owosu for cleveland and um patrick certain the second uh are is third uh in the list um but i mean if you look at parsons he's played middle linebacker, pass rusher, weak side linebacker. He's even lined up in the middle of the defense at the A-gap. You know, I'm pretty sure he could play safety and corner, too, if they wanted him. Um, so I think the other two, the, the kid from Cleveland and Sertain, are strong rookies. But again, usually a team's standings lead to some of these winners. And, the Dallas, uh, and Dallas has its team, and I feel like Parsons overall in the driver's seat for this one. So that was our rookies offensive and defensive uh our offensive and defensive player um which i'll start with the defensive player of the year award which is also known as the aaron donald invitational <laughs> he has wins in 2020 2018 and 2017 uh 2019 the only year he didn't make it it was given to um gilmore stefan gilmore the cornerback um, so my um, 2020, 2018, 2017, and that actually ties him for the most all-time. The most all-time is three um, Defensive Player of the Year awards, and uh, that is Lawrence Taylor and J.J. Watt. All three of them, Aaron Donald, Lawrence Taylor, and J.J. Watt have three Defensive Player of the Year awards. The top odds for this season currently right now are Miles Garrett, Trayvon Diggs, and TJ Watt. Um, apparently Aaron Donald is a long shot at four, and then Nick Bosa comes in again at number five. Um, sure, I could pick Bosa, sure. No. Um, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna switch the order up again. I I I guess with Miles Garrett, um, I got to watch more. 
you know right now i, I don't i don't see it not I, it, not on him on me right um but i'm gonna take digs you know i think he's having a great year and i know the interceptions are the flashy splash play right he has seven and seven games or whatever the the, the the metric is right now but um you know if you look at all the other metrics related to cornerback play he's he's off the charts um let's talk about the offensive player of the year um derrick henry looks to become the first back to back winner since marshall falk marshall falk actually run it three times in a row 99 2000 and 2001 so even if Derek wins this back-to-back -back, he still has one more time to win it again to match Marshall Falk um, but Derek Henry is the odds-on favorite to win offensive player of the year after him it's Devontae Adams Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson and Cooper Cup thinking about it critically obviously Cup is having a hell of a year so is Lamar I see episode six. Um, again, Lamar is doing more with less. I talked about uh, in that episode how the Ravens actually lead the league in players that are on IR. And they're tied with one other team with the most players on injured reserve. That other team was the Titans. Both teams lead the league with players on IR, IR currently. If Derrick goes for another 2,000 after most running backs boop, fall off the edge of a cliff after a 2,000-yard season, there's no doubt in my mind that he's de he deserves this award. Now, if the team falls back off its rocker like they were early in the year, I could see Murray or Jackson taking it. Not sure why I'm not sold on Adams, per se. We'll just call it, we'll just call it the Aaron Rodgers effect. And last but not least, the big kahuna, the big man on campus, AP NFL MVP, most valuable player. Peyton Manning has won five. Brady, Rogers, Favre, Jim Brown, Johnny Unitas with three. Knows Jim Brown's the only running back out of that group. Uh, the last eight winners since 2013 have been quarterbacks. Did you know, I'm all about the knowledge here, take this one to your, to your cocktail parties or whatever, but did you know in 1982, Mark Mosley won the NFL MVP as a place kicker? He is the only special teams player ever to win MVP of the league. There's been one linebacker to win it, and that's Lawrence Taylor, and one defensive tackle to win it in 1971, Alan Page. Other than those three, the kicker, the linebacker, and the defensive tackle, it's been quarterback or running back as an NFL MVP. Uh, this season's odd list include all quarterbacks, which I don't understand why Derrick Henry is not up there, but Kyler is at the top, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford. In that order, I could see how, again, the team being 7-0 puts Kyler at the front. While he's at the front, um, the Cardinals may want to consider another fun fact. Um, not since 1999 has the NFL MVP gone on to win the Super Bowl. 
So after 1999, all the NFL MVPs that have made it to the Super Bowl have lost. I believe there's something like nine of them. Um, with that being said, as a 49ers fan, I hope you win the MVP, Kyle. <laughs> hey, and that wraps up another relaxing, peaceful, and positive episode. And I knew you, like me after these blog games, man, felt some anxiety, some frustration. But I'm glad as your NFL shaman, as your big block shaman, that I'm able to bring you peace of mind. And together, together, we will get through this season. Big Block Sports, we out.